Okay, so our special guest today is Stephanie Morales from Reading Sirens. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me today. You're very welcome. So tell us a bit about what you do. Okay, so um, with the Reading Sirens podcast, I am one of the co-hosts. So it's me and Heather Pantoja, and we interview authors we talk about their books sometimes we just pick a book and just talk about the book in general um we like to get a lot of insight from the authors as far as where their ideas come from or what sparked the story um any themes in particular that they um really like to discuss or that they like to you know um that they'd like to use in their books um aside from the reading science. And when we started, we were just, you know, posting it on our own. Now we're actually going through Comic-Con originals. Um, So the Comic-Con radio original. And then, um, so we used to be available on Spotify, Apple podcasts. So you'll find our old seasons on there. And then right now, Comic-Con is working on getting all of our new episodes out and running on every other platform as well. Um, And then aside from the reading sirens, I have my lit for lit profile on Instagram. And um, I do a lot of um, book reviews. So I am a very, I'm very, very into the horror genre. So I tend to like reading a a lot of horror books, but I do also like a lot of fantasy, a lot of sci-fi, a lot of, I have been reading a lot of romances lately, so yeah. which is out of my norm, really, but I am loving everything I've been reading so far. And um, so I do like to do that. I like to do um, my, my reviews. I'll post my reviews on Instagram. I will post them on Goodreads, Amazon, wherever I can really. And I do love to focus a lot on indie authors or independently published authors. Um, I do feel like most of what I post on my Instagram or Goodreads, I will prioritize my indie authors a lot um, just because I feel like they're... They everybody else gets so many other, you know, there's people like signing up to do these arcs for for other authors. And while they're great books, don't get me wrong, but I do I feel really attached to the indie authors in the aspect that they're untold stories a lot of the times and they're so good, but they don't get as much of I guess the publicity as other books would get. Yeah. Um, so I really tend to prioritize indie authors. Um and really just any, I I can't even say there's a specific genre aside from horror that I really gravitate towards because I just really love any genre that pulls me in, to be honest. Yeah. So what is it about horror that pulls you in? That's, um, so now as an adult, I think that I've noticed that there's a lot of psychological themes that get covered through horror or a lot of just really hot topic themes that are in the horror genre. Um, Like even if we think of, you know, Stephen King, a lot of his characters have some type of trauma or some type of psychological difficulty that they're going through. And I really, uh, well, I'm a 
a therapist in the daytime. That's my my pain yeah. job. Um, so I think I, I tend to gravitate towards a lot of those characters that, you know, rough around the edges characters. Growing up, honestly, it we used to watch a lot of scary movies. So I remember being four and watching like The Nightmare Before Elm or The Nightmare. Oh, my gosh. The Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, yeah series and um watching like Candyman, you know friday the 13th so i just my family was really into horror so i really loved it from the start but now that i'm an adult and i can really conceptualize why i like it that's that's what i tend to go to and i know there's a lot of other genres where characters are the same and i i think that's what i tend to gravitate towards is like the characters versus the the genre just the genre itself um so if there's a character i really like from a series i will like want to read that entire series because i want to know what happens with the character yeah Mm -hmm. so how do you approach reviewing a horror book Well, um, I think just with it it really depends because there's already so many other subgenres. And I think that's one thing that I try to stick with is when I'm rating or reviewing a book, I want to make sure that I'm not like I'm, for example, I'm not writing a romance because it didn't scare me. Right. Because, of course, it's a romance. So I try to see, you know, like what if it was true to its genre, if um, if the characters, if I formed in not not necessarily an, an attachment to the characters, but if they were either likable, dislikable, whatever, I try to talk about um, my uh, idea of the characters that were in the book. Yeah, the plot. Um, if, if it, you know, if it was a really good plot, if it if it got, you know, like if it was fast paced, if it wasn't. Um, and then if there's any type of, like, if there's gore, I try to put that in the review. If it's, you know, like supernatural, I try to put that in there because I do want the readers to know what they're getting into when they're reading the book. Like for me, obviously I'm going to be like, oh, this was such a great book. I loved it. But if people don't know I'm into horror and then they pick up this book, they're going to be like, oh, this is completely different. I, you know, I don't like scary things and I'm like oh well I do right so I want to make sure that that's clear in the review that I that I do state what type of genre this book is or what what I liked about it and why um I surprisingly don't really do trigger warnings um but I do try to talk about the intensity of the book if that makes sense. And then um, the character, I do uh, talk a lot about character growth, whether, you know, where they started and where they ended. Um, If there's a, I am a villain lover. So if there's a villain I loved, you will see that villain in my review. Um, And then I do also try to compare it to other books that are similar so that any reader can, you know, see this review and say, okay, that looks interesting. Oh, I have read this book or I've seen this movie or this show and then know um, how, what, what the, what the concept of the book is or what they can compare it to what, what would be comparable to that book. Um, 
And then I I try to do like a little snippet of the plot. I don't spend too much time doing like a synopsis of the book. Sometimes like if it's Instagram, I'll just, you know, screenshot it and put it on the site sometimes or I'll briefly describe the plot. But Mm -hmm. mostly it's a reaction, my reaction to um, if they stuck to the genre, if, you know, if the characters pulled me in, if the plot kept, if the plot, if the plot kept going forward, um, if it made sense, things like that. Yeah. Um, I tend to be like, if I don't, I, it's, it's very, very rare. I don't think I've ever rated a book below three stars, but even when I don't rate it fi- like four stars or whatever, I'll try to say like what, um, what it was about the book that I wish could have been better or why, you know, why I didn't rate it higher. Yeah. Um, yeah, just because, you know, that's to me, it's subjective. It's not like to me, I might not like a certain aspect of the book, but maybe that's something that another reader might really like. And so they they might not get the same rating I did. They might actually get a better impression of the book, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I try to I try to be fair with that. And I try to remind people like this is just my take. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So how do you handle spoilers in your reviews? I try to stay away from those. I really, I try to stay away from spoilers and I'm trying to think and and see if I ever, I, I want to say I have not, I have not written a review with a spoiler. I know sometimes in our podcast, if we're talking about a certain book and we go into a spoiler, we will say, if you don't want to know what happens next, you know, skip, skip this section or, or come back and and re-listen once you're done reading this book. Um, Because there, there are certain books where you want to talk about that twist or you want to talk about your reaction to whatever happened and what the spoiler was. So I know there's times when me and Heather, we just want to talk about it. So we'll talk about it, but we'll let people know there's a spoiler coming. So please, if you don't want to hear it, just come back to this episode at a later time. Yeah. It's a good way of doing it, isn't it really? Especially if you really enjoyed the book and you want to continue talking about it. But then you're also worrying that someone's going to, who hasn't got to that part or read that book yet, you don't want to really give it away, do you? Right, right. And especially because there's so many books that have such good twists. So, you know, you want it, like you said, you want to talk about it with somebody who also appreciated it, but you also don't want to ruin it for anybody else because the whole point of that excitement is that you found out what the spoiler was, you know, or you found out what that twist was. And so to me, I feel like I'm doing somebody an injustice by, (laughs) by taking that emotion out of it for them. Um, I I'm such a, like, I love that books can pull emotions out of us. So I feel like if I take that opportunity away from another reader, I'm not, they're not going to get the same experience. So definitely try to try to give a heads up if we're spoiling that's good so do you think horror novels should come with content warnings I honestly don't and I know that that's and it's just me but oh sorry uh hopefully you didn't hear that I almost knocked my stuff over over here um but I as a horror reader am already expecting that something is gonna you know 
it, it's going to shock me or it's going to scare me. Like that's what I'm going in for. Um, and so I think anybody reading a horror and you really, again, you have to look at the, the subgenre too. Like if, if you're, you know, not a possession person, you're not going to read a possession. You, you, you're not going to read the exorcist, right? Because you're going to be scared out of your mind. Like if you don't like creepy kids, then you're not going to read like, let's say baby teeth by Soje stage. Like there's, um, there's just so many things that, that you yourself have to be aware of. I don't think the book should be I don't know, bringing that out for us or like saying like trigger warning, this, this, and that, because we're going into horror. We, we know we're going in for a scare. We're going in for the, the gore. If that's the type of book that you're going into, you're going into, you know, be scared to look at your own kid in the middle of the night, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. um, so I, I go in it for the scare. I go in it for the shock. I go in it for, like I said, a lot of the psychological aspects of it. I, I like how, real a book can get and in all honesty the the more real a situation is the more I tend to like what I'm reading so well you know and I say that but I'm reading horror so some stuff is very fantastical but um a lot of authors have said that they draw on their own personal experiences and they put those into obviously the books um to get that little bit of realism (laughs) How, as a psychologist, uh, how do you see that? Honestly, I think that is, like I said, one of the things that pulls me into the horror genre now, um, not even just from the therapist's perspective, but also from the perspective of I myself have been through trauma and um reading about it in a book, whether it's a horror book, whether it's a romance or a fantasy, whatever it is, it really helps to relate to it. And it helps you to feel like you're not alone. And so I love when authors use part of part of their experiences in the books. And I also love when they talk about it, either, you know, through the author's note or, um, yeah, the, the author's note or just different ways that, that authors um, relay that information, whether it's, you know, on their website, whatever it is. But I, I myself am a big fan of that. I feel like if, if a story feels real and if it's something that you've been through or similar to something that you've been through, it helps you to feel less isolated. And I truly like that about any any genre really I like that about authors when when they're real about where they pulled from or um even if it wasn't them you know just knowing somebody who went through that situation um I think it's what helps the uh, the the characters be relatable as well yeah I mean the authors themselves they find it's a release and it's a way of sort of like dealing with the trauma that's happened to themselves if they're sort of like writing it down on paper as a story um Mm -hmm. and it does come across quite well um with a lot of them to be fair so they do quite well with it yes it and it's true you know I don't know um I know two authors specifically that I've read their author's notes or you know I've talk to them as well. And they'll share maybe not very specific information, but they'll talk about, you know, that this was, you know, 
a book where you process, they process their, their trauma or, or whatever tough experience they were going through, through that story, like, uh, two that can, that stand out to me right now are Marcus Hawk and, um, Haley Newland. Uh, they're pretty open about their writing and, and what, in what in their life influenced that or what they were going through that influenced that. And to be honest, sometimes you're going through something similar yourself as you're reading it. And I'm a firm believer that when you need something, you get it. And whether it's, you know, sometimes you might not know why exactly you picked up that book, but once you pick it up and you get into the story, you realize that you as a reader are also getting something out of it. You know, you're also as a reader processing whatever emotions you were, you know, stuffing deep within yourself or whatever it was that you didn't feel comfortable talking about with someone reading about a situation can help you process that as well. Thank you. So mm-hmm. are there any subgenres within the horror genre that you particularly enjoy or dislike? Dislike? I don't think I've found any yet. Um, I tend to really like the occult horror um, and I tend to really like if we're talking about very, very specifically, I like a lot of um like haunted houses. <laughs> so that's like my, what I will, I will always like a lot of haunted houses. I have recently started reading some more like slashers and I'm really liking that as well. Um, but like I said, I don't think I've found anything that I've disliked. My, my favorite thing in a book is when it can have different elements from different genres. Yeah. Um, so like, I know I, I just briefly spoke about Haley Newland. She has a take your turn Teddy. And that one is, you know, there's this, the psychological horror. There's the whole like supernatural aspect. And then there's a section that has a lot of police procedural in it. And it, she made it work. Like it was just, Perfect. It was really good. Um, Marcus Hawk and the Miracle Sin. There's a lot of like religious and like what you could call, you know, alternative history in there. Um, and then um, one of my other favorite books is Ungodly by Braden Riddick. And that one, again, it, it's a mix of like, there's possibly like some sci-fi in there as far as like how the I don't even want to call it an entity because we don't even know what it is. Right. Um, but just like the unexplained happenings and things like apocalyptic, like it's just, I love when a book is horror, but then it also pulls from other genres and works within the story. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. There's a lot that you- I'm like, I'm sorry. I don't know if I answered your question, but no, that's fine. That's <laughs> fine. I was just saying there's a lot, of authors that do that now they cross genre don't they when they're writing books and I do think it is a good way of going as well to add sort of like different elements into the story from different parts of the horror genre yeah for sure for sure and I mean even thinking back to so my favorite book ever is Frankenstein by Mary Shelley and that one's horror but there's also sci-fi you know like that's I don't know. Like, I just, I love how that worked. And then there's also kind of like a love story in between that. Like you just, you know, there's just so much going on, but it works. And so I just, I love that in a book. So how do you deal with reading disturbing or frightening content? 
That's a tough one. I, if it gets, and there's one book, two books that I've actually had to like stop reading in the middle of the night because I was actually getting nightmares. And one of them is 396 by Christopher Frost. I don't know if you've ever um, read that one. So it's about this family and they move into a home and there is a spirit or an entity that is taking over one of the characters or one of the, the family members. And there are so many really, really scary scenes. And um, I, like I said, I was reading it in the middle of the night and I would start getting really freaked out because it's dark, you know? And so I would have to like close it, open it up later. Um, But as far as disturbing themes, I, I like to say I'm pretty thick skinned and it's hard for things to get to me. I think where it gets to me sometimes um, are really intense, like trauma scenes. Um, And honestly, I just take a little break. I'll take a little break from the book. Maybe, you know, one of the things I like to do is go for a run. So might do that. I don't think I've ever gotten to that point with the book, but I have had to like, close the book, maybe scroll through Instagram for a little bit or, you know, get up and clean something or do something different just to to get that scene out of my head before revisiting. Um, But a lot of times when that happens, if I do get triggered, like I know um, Gerald's game was another one where I had to take breaks from that one because the the trauma that was described in that book was pretty intense. Um, and so I, I had to take a break, especially, um, I think with me, it, it has a lot to do where it, uh, if I'm having to deal with a lot of that in real life. So at, when I was reading Gerald's game specifically, I was dealing with a lot of trauma cases and plus I have trauma in my past. So in, in that point in time, I think I wanted book to be an escape. And at that moment, that book was more of the same. So I had to, that book, I actually had to take a break and I didn't go back to it. I think for weeks, because that was a, that was a sign for me that I needed to take care of myself, um, in a, in a different way. And so I think I went on to like lighter reads, um, and then, I did a lot of self-care over that. I, it was about a month. Um, that was the, that was the one time where I took that big of a break from a book. Um, and it was nothing to do just with the book. It's just, to me, that was a red flag that if this is really getting to me this badly, I need to take care of myself. Um, so it was just like a, a red, like a red flag or a little, my warning sign went off that I just, if the book's getting to me like that, I, I need to take care of myself. That's right. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the common mistakes that you see authors making in writing? Boy, that's a tough one. Um, it's hard for me to say that because I don't think I've read very many books where I would have to say like, oh, you know, I I. I've never written a book myself, so I don't want to be too harsh when I critique, but I think 
one of the biggest mistakes for me is when a main character doesn't have much depth to them, depth to them. I'm, I'm not, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that word right, <laughs> but like when they're, when the character doesn't have enough substance. Um, and if, if the main character isn't standing out to me, then it's tough for me to relate to a book because usually the character is what pulls the characters or will put you, pull you into the story. Um, which again, I haven't encountered that often, but when I have, it is tough for me to push through the book. Yeah. Um, yeah. Other than that, um, I mean, just little things here and there. One of the things I've noticed, like sometimes it's like if a book is in proofread and there's, tons of of typos or tons of you know um tons of errors and if it's tough for me to actually understand what is being said then that's another one but again it hardly hardly have ever encountered that um yeah so to me I think it's just when the character doesn't have enough substance to where you can't really you can't really figure the character out you know what I mean and so that that's tough for me Okay, so can you recommend any must-read horror novels for beginners? Oh, oh my goodness, you're giving me a tough one. Um, (laughs) So I know I've already named three so far. So uh, for sure, you know, Ungodly by Braden Riddick, The Miracle Sin by Marcus Hawk is a must-read. Take Your Turn, Teddy by Haley Newland. I love that book, and I recently read another one of hers, um, uh, not another Sarah Halls. That one was amazing too. Um, they the I think everything I've read from her has been great. Everything I've read from Marcus as well. He just um, uh, put out Gray Noise, which was really good. Um, if we're talking, so I'm a big. I love sh- uh, short stories as well. Um, so if short stories are your thing, I would definitely say I Hear the Clattering of the Keys by Jamie Stewart is a really good one to start with. Yeah. If we're talking haunted homes, I'm going to say 396 by Christopher Frost. If we're talking, and see, this is where I'm like subgenres. Like if we're talking, so one, another really good author um, is Thomas Gloom. So, and he has a lot of novellas. So Voodoo Child was a really good one. Um, And it's like set in New Orleans. So it was like a completely different setting for me. I really liked that one. Um, It's a a tough one because I'm like, I like so many. Oh, um, if we're talking religious horror, one that I really like is um, uh, Pray Without Ceasing by Andrew Franks. That one's great. Um, oh my gosh there's just so many I'm trying to think of any more like how many do I have I feel like you asked me for a few and I'm already like what's my top 10 <laughs> um, we can have trouble with the next question oh, <laughs> oh gosh before I forget Sleeping Celeste that one's a really good one too and it's a novella by Alina K. Drex um, that one honestly blew me away too and that and if we're talking if we're talking about reads in the past year for me that one's up there with my reads of the year um yeah there's just so many (laughs) (laughs) so what are the best indie horror books that you've reviewed recently recently okay 
So that, so see, it's not too bad recently, right? <laughs> recently. <laughs> um, let me see. Let me pull up my reviews right now. I think uh, not another Sarah Halls. That one was my most recent one. And it's not a it's not a new release. I, I will tell you that. Um, that one's been out for a few years. It's actually, it was Haley's first um, book, but it was my second read of hers. It was really good. Um, this one is not horror per se. It's a dark fantasy. Um, and I fell in love with this series. So I, the, so this one is Hive of Desire by Chantel, Chantel Brunton. Um, and this is the second in the series for the Hive of Blood series. And it follows the, this is where I'm like, it, it has like some possible history in there like or just you know fantastic like fantasy history in there um it it's comparable to like the whole good versus evil um fear of the unknown um when we're talking about cultures and stuff um it just it has everything in a book um so i really i really like that one and that one was one of my recent reads as well um and then which other now I'm trying to think because I've, like I said, I haven't been reading as much horror as I usually do, but not another Sarah Halls. Where's my Goodreads? <laughs> oh, you know which other one? Um, uh, E.C. Hansen, and that's another collection of short stories. And this one, Fake Somebody's Real Nobodies is a title. That one, each each of those short stories really got me. Like they, they were really good stories. Um, so I would say those for my recent reads, like those are the, the three that really stick out to me. Another one that wasn't a horror one, but it was an indie one that I really liked. And it was my first read of the year um, was, oh gosh, I can picture it and I can't. Switchers by... Christopher Tellen, Tellen, T-A-L-L-O-N. And that one is more of a sci-fi. So it has like the, the aspect of going back in time. And it's the, so this group of teenagers that are friends or preteens that are friends, and then their, their future selves come back in time to try to help them out um, with like end of the world type of stuff. Yeah. Um, so that, that one was really great too. Okay. Yeah. So what's your advice to authors looking to break into the horror genre? Honestly, write what you feel. Like like you said, you know, a lot of them pull from situations, pull past experiences from um, just whatever. Like, don't, I guess, don't be scared to shock the readers with what you're writing, right? Because it's it's horror, it's meant to shock us, it's meant to, and I feel like sometimes authors get backlash for writing scary scenes into a book. And I don't think that's fair, you know, because you're, you're writing in the horror genre, you should be able to shock, you should be able to use situations that seem real um, or situations that you could see happening, you know? And um, I, that's, that's my, I guess that's it. Just don't be scared to shock us readers, you know? 
Yeah, I think that's the problem sometimes, isn't it? They do get a lot of backlash mm -hmm. from readers about certain aspects of their books. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, you know, I feel like that's not fair. That would be like me judging a romance for not scaring me or me judging, you know, a sci-fi for not having the couple, like a couple fall in love. Like that's just not, it's not what the genre is. And with horror, you're, you're there to, you're there for a scare. So you can't be upset when you get one, whichever way it comes. Yeah. Are there any upcoming releases in the horror genre that you're excited about? <laughs> Oh, that is a good one. Um, I'm trying to think. I know um, that is a good one. So I just read the one I was really looking forward to. And this one was not an indie one, but uh, I was really looking forward to Vampires of El Norte by um, Isabel Cañas. And I just read it. So it was actually really good. Um, so that was one I was looking forward to. Um let me see. Oh, um, oh my gosh. Let me pull, let me pull up my, so one, it, it's a recent release. It wasn't, it's not coming up, but it's a recent release. I just haven't gotten to it. Um, is the hollow by Ma Mike salt. Yeah. So there's that one that I'm looking forward to. And he's another one too, where, um, the on the house of Harlan, or the house on Harlan or the house on Harlan. Um, he talks about, um, he talks briefly about how uh, some of his books have been not based off of, but influenced by things that he went through um, or tough times that he went through. Um, oh, um, what is his last name? Uh, Ryan... Laby, I want to say, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right. Um, I want to say it's Ryan Laby, so L-A-B-E-E. -E. He just released um, The Halloween Party, and it's a, a like short stories. So I've been wanting to read that one. Okay, so this one has, hasn't been announced yet, but I know I keep seeing that Calvin Ellis is working on the next in the series for the In the Hills Above the Gristmill. Yeah. And I have been waiting for that one since I read In the Hills Above the Gristmill. So I'm excited to read that one when it does come out. That's um, fantastic. Mm -hmm. so so those, I would say those three are, are definitely three that are on my list that I just I need to to get to. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a good list. <laughs> Thank you. Anything else you want to add? Um. No, honestly, I would just say if you've never read indie horror before, definitely give it a go or just indie reads in general. Um, I feel like, like I said, it's being introduced to indie, the indie horror or just indie books in general through Instagram was probably one of the best things that ever happened to me because I've, I find that those are the books that I look forward to. Um, and it's, I know I, I just had a hard time remembering like which books, but I'm like, I think I know more about what's coming up in the indie horror scene than I do what's coming up in the mainstream, you know, or what is it? Um, well, how do you call it? Um, oh my gosh. I had, like traditionally published. 
Yeah. Right. That's the okay. So, um, but I, I again, like like you said, you know, there's just so much that the authors put into the books, and it's they're so, I don't know, they're just so re, like so good, so different too from anything that I've read before. I feel like I always I'll read a book, and there's in in a month there will always be one that I'm like I love this book. I can't believe you know it's been gone from my life. Um, but I, I definitely think that that's the way to go. If you're reading horror, I mean, obviously there's really good horror authors out there, but if you want to get a really good scare, definitely indie scene is the way to go or indie horror. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One last question. is: Have you read anything where you think an author has gone too far? Oh, that's a good question. Um... I don't, I don't think so. Just because like you said, for the most part, authors write what they know. And too far to me is subjective, you know, because what I feel is too much, somebody else might not feel it's too much. And for me, like I can read a a gore scene and be fine with it. Whereas other people might not be. Um, So I like that shock value. I don't think, I don't think when I've, when I have had to take a break from books, I don't think it's been because of what is being written. I think it's more so just stuff going on with myself at the time. Um, So I don't think so. I mean, I, I can definitely say that there's been times where I've read something and I'm like, what does that even have to do with the plot of the book, you know? Um, But I can't, like, I know I've had that feeling before. I just can't remember off the top of my head when it happened or, or with what book. So I guess it wasn't too, too big of a deal, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, but honestly, I, I don't think I've read anything where I'm like, oh, no, that's that's too much. That that crossed the line. Yeah. Yeah. I think some, some authors, especially new ones, obviously, when they're writing, um, they obviously worry about whether they're going too far with particular scenes and whether how the readers would actually take that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think with that, it's knowing your, knowing your audience as well, you know, because if you're, if you're in the horror genre and you're writing something, you know, or you're, anything really like uh, in horror, we're expecting there to be kills. We're expecting there to be, you know, twists, or if it's a supernatural one, we're expecting ghosts or possessions. Like we're as readers, we're expecting that we're wanting that, you know? Um, So I definitely would say like, if you're an author and you're thinking, is this too far? Like you're going to find your audience, you know, and, and whoever is meant to like your book is going to like your book. And then they're going to know that that's your style and that's what they're, they'll keep reading you for that, you know? Um, so yeah, I feel like I don't know if I'm being redundant, but I, I I do feel like as a reader, you know what you like, and you if you're venturing out of what you normally like, then you're you're not going to blame it on the book. You're not going to blame it on the author, or you shouldn't, I guess, you know, because I know some people might. Um, and if it's your genre, then you're not going to necessarily be shocked by it. So. That's right. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, just hope people see it that way that uh, they just like the genre for what it is and not obviously blame the authors. Mm-hmm. Think- thinking they're actually going out there doing that to people <laughs> yeah right no yeah definitely <laughs> right like hmm, if i stumble across a body when i'm in this specific <laughs> area then no yeah but i mean definitely even and even with with anything really it's usually based off of something whether it was you know a horrible dream somebody had or whether it was an experience that they went through or whether it's hearing certain stories right like um another good one that i read recently was um stolen tongues by uh felix blackwell yeah and that one was very different from others that i've read before because i had never written or read anything um that was based off of um I want to say it was like Native American folklore. I don't I don't know if folklore is the right word to use, um, but it was based off of um, like a certain spirit, which reminds me of another one that I'm looking forward to. It's called uh, ooh, this one is by David uh, Tarzitano, I think. Um and it is similar to where it's like based off of um, Hollow. Hollow by, uh, I think he said it's pronounced Davide Tarzitano. Um, so that one, and they're, they're both um, like based off of that same ent- entity, I guess, um, in the Native American um yeah beliefs that they have um well not that the authors have but just in in the history of of that and um oh my gosh I'm sorry I forgot where I was going with that but those were oh gosh I don't know I got sidetracked I'm sorry (laughs) so but um but I did love those I'm sorry. Can you remind me of what I was? How how did I get there? <laughs> you were saying about um, Apollo and how they were similar and stolen tongues. Yes, and so they were just really. It was different from what I've read before, but they were also based on. So they. Oh, that's where I was going. So there. So usually horror is based off of either an experience or a story you've heard, or you know some type of like I don't know, like even um like reality TV. Like I don't know, they have like the Skinwalker Ranch and stuff like that. So it, it always is based off of something, you know, and so whether it's loosely based or not, you're reading it for the story, you're reading it for, for the, for the shock and horror and the, yeah, yeah, so. Stolen Tongues is one one that comes up quite often. Um, It has mixed reviews, doesn't it? You've got the people who absolutely love the book and then you've got the people that are basically trashing the book. Um, I do see that one come up quite often. Yeah, I've I've actually have not come across a bad review of it um, yet. Um, but I have seen that a lot of or maybe it's also because a lot of the people like that I'm friends with on Instagram have similar reading tastes. So that would make sense that I've only heard like the good feedback about it. Um, but I know that that happens with a lot, like there's been a lot of books where I've read them and I thought they were great, but 
then I see the reviews and I'm like, oh, I didn't know people didn't like this or, you know, um, so that that's it, it takes me back to your your question about like, is something going too far? Or, and I think some readers, if they're not used to reading certain details in a book, they might, you know, be taken aback by it. But I definitely don't think it's something that is the author's fault. Yeah, I think the author should be able to write what they what they feel needs to be on that paper. And us as readers need to either know that it was for us or it wasn't. And that's where it goes. And that's where I think I do try to be careful in my reviews with that, because my opinion is just my opinion. My review is my opinion. Right. I'm not by by any means like a critic. You know, I. I don't have that background to where I can say like, oh, and the writing style, this, and don't get me wrong. Like I'll, I'll tell you what I loved about the book. And like, even with um, like ungodly, for example, I could see the pros, I could see, you know, where he gets poetic with it and it's amazing. Um, but I'm not by any means like a literature. Yeah. Critique, you know, or I don't know what, what would you call that? Like a re- professional reviewer? That's not yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the beauty of it, though. You've got everybody's different. So obviously everyone's going to like different things. Um, So, yeah, one book. Sorry. um, One book that you would like. I might not necessarily like that Mm -hmm. and vice versa. So, yeah, I think reviews are good because obviously they they tailor to all tastes. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. And, and definitely I would say, you know, for authors, even if like, if when they get that bad review and I, I mean, I'm not on the other side of it, so I don't know, but um, if you get one bad review, that's just one person, you know, that's just one person's idea of whatever it was that they, they didn't like, or it, it, there and I will tell you there's been books too where I've read them once and I'm like oh that book was okay and then for whatever reason I'll pick it up again and the next time that I read it there's other things about the book that I discover through that you know second reading so so even us ourselves as we grow and change as people our our attachments to a certain book are going to be different or our um, reviews of a book are going to be different yeah very true okay so thank you stephanie for being on the show it's been lovely having you here um thank you for having me you're very welcome is there anything else you'd like to add about reading sirens um let me see so listen to us you guys we're pretty fun oh um maybe i can describe it a little bit so what we do i did forget to say this part earlier um so aside from the author interview so we'll have our segment where we do the the author interview or we'll we'll have our own book discussion if there's no author to interview that day and then we have a second segment which is a a little bit of a t- fun tie-in. So we pick different characters from the book and we play a round of fuck, Mary kill with the characters. So, <laughs> um, so we will choose whichever one we would like to marry or um, unalive or 
uh, have fun with. So, <laughs> so that's another little segment that we like to do. Um, honestly, with us, it's uh, it's about you know bringing the fun and our love for books and our love for reading to other readers. Uh, so we try to have fun with it. Me and Heather always say, you know, if we're not having fun with it, then what are we doing? Right. Yeah. And so, um, so yeah, it's, it's pretty, it's not good. It's, you know, I, I love when we do our author interviews and I love when we have our book discussions um, and you, you get a little bit of a different, um, a, a different mix of authors because I, you know, I love my dark stuff, right? My dark fantasies, my horror. I like a mix mix of genres. And then with Heather, she's very much is into, well, she's into a lot of different genres too, but her main one is the romance. So you get our two different personalities and our different takes on the books and, um, yeah, it's, it's fun. So if you guys get a chance, we are on the Comic-Con Radio Original website. That's where you can find our episodes. Um, and then soon we are going to be um, re-released into like, um, I think it's going to be, well, it, it's going to be for sure Spotify and Apple. And then there's a bunch of others that we're going to get re-released to pretty soon. So that's wonderful. Wish you the best of luck with it. Thank you. And thank you for having me. You're very welcome.